Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Push him down. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall. You're better than that. On Talk Sport. What a very Las Vegas welcome to the Daily Fight Night podcast. Um, the part of the fight team is here in the Nine Fine Irishmen pub in the New York, New York Hotel and Casino. Adam Catterall is far too big time for this podcast today because he's having a little private discussion with Tyson Fury at the mansion somewhere off the strip. So I'm a very poor understudy, but I'll do my best. <laughs> Alongside me, Nick P, obviously part of the team. Big Glenn McCrory, the voice of boxing. And fantastic to be joined by Melissa from Melt PR as well, who's very much part of Team Tyson. So we're going to get into what that's all about and how that actually works. But another day in Las Vegas and let, just paint the picture for you where we are we're just sat just outside the pub inside is a typical Irish looking boozer if you like with a stage where there'll be a band on in a couple of hours time but we're kind of on the edge of the casino so we're looking at a vast array of machines that you can win anything up to a million pounds if you put a dollar in all over the place people milling around it's a, a huge complex like every hotel in Las Vegas seems to be there's mini little Italy over the road and it's a, a recreation, as the name might suggest, New York, New York, of New York. So everywhere you look, there's a Chrysler building, there's the Statue of Liberty outside, and inside it doesn't stop. Buildings all over the place. It's incredible. Lots of Brits here, lots of people here to support Tyson Fury. And today has been another day of media obligations for both Wilder and Fury. And that's the surprising thing, Nick, I think. When you come to a Las Vegas fight week, obviously you've got the press conference which was Wednesday today's a day of rest but the two fighters have done nothing but media all day again it's the way in tomorrow the, the sheer scale of their media commitments is mind-blowing isn't it it's outrageous you know and I blame Mel to be honest with you I think Mel is waking that, yeah. Tyson something terrible so uh, I've never seen him look so exhausted his entire life so I feel sorry for Mel really because she's going to get the brunt she's going to hit the stick you know when it, the bounce back here off Tyson because all he's done is do one interview after another just like a slave driver I think it's outrageous well today in the media centre which was just over the bridge because we're connected in this casino to the MGM Grand now again it's, it's massive it takes you about 10 minutes to walk from just one part to another but in the media centre just radio stations set up everywhere from all across the states and around the world you've got the TV crews as well you had the stage where Deontay and Tyson were doing even more media obligations and, and somebody that looks after Tyson is Mel from Melt PR Hello. now you've been with Tyson in camp for two months yeah just tell us really a little flavour of the experience of how it's been over here 
Well, first of all, I've never spent so much time out in. You know, Nick knows that I wasn't exactly a fan of Vegas because we'd come out here for a week, wouldn't we? Yeah. Um, for the previous Fury fights, and I'd, I'd be stuck in the MGM Grand the whole day. So I never really got to know Vegas. So when I got told, you know, you're coming out here for nearly two months, I was like, oh, I can't. I don't think I'll be able to cope. But I've actually pretty much fallen in love with the place. You don't know what time it is here, do you? No. I mean, literally, you just... No, no. But I've, obviously, we've been staying away from the Strip. You know, we've been going up to Red Rock. He's been running up Mount Charleston. He's, he's staying away from the Strip. So we're really getting to know uh, Vegas in a different way. But it's, it's been a fantastic experience. Give us the scoop, because we're all talking about the fight. We're all breaking that down. We're all talking about Tyson and his rumours flying about his camp. And has he been a good camp? Is he in a good place? Yeah. All of this stuff. Now... You see him when the microphones are down. You of see him course. when the red light isn't on. How do you assess the shape he's in physically and mentally? I personally think that he's in the best shape of his life. He's in the best mental state of his life. And the reason that's happened is because he has kept it a closed camp. Obviously, from a PR perspective, it's not great for us because obviously we want to get as much access. We want to get, you know, the training shots, especially with Sugar Hill as well. You know, and Andy Lee. We, new trainer, obviously. Yeah, exactly. We want to see the, the training footage. That's what everyone relies on. And to be able to not get access to that has made it very tricky. But I actually respect and understand why. And it makes sense because I feel like he's the best prepared he's, he has ever been for a fight. Well, there's a fellow alongside you that's actually boxed in this fine city as well. A man that's been here on just about every big fight night there's ever been in Las Vegas, <laughs> certainly in the last 30 years. And you fought here as well, Glenn. So every time you come here, Try and point to words what it means to you, fight week, Las Vegas. To be honest, it, um, it's always so very, very exciting because it just, I mean, it's an exciting city anyhow. It's all bright lights and, you know, all, all the big stars all flock to, to perform in Vegas. But for, for a fight, it, it kind of sums it up for me. That's what Vegas, that's what Vegas is all about. You know, it's built on the back of Ali and, and, and things like that and um, fighters like that. And you know they've all. Everybody's been here. You know everybody's fought in Las Vegas. So it's 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 amazing. You know you really know you're at a big big fight. Tell us about your experience of fighting here. Just describe what it was all about. The, the whole experience of actually being here in a fight week of your own. And fighting, you know, again. I on fought at the Riviera Hotel on a Frank Maloney show, and then the next night I did the commentary on the for Lennox Lewis Tony Tucker. There you are. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, good, good, a lot of good memories. And the first time I ever came here, I came here as a 19-year-old in 1983 and introduced it was Larry Holmes versus David Bay, Larry Holmes heavyweight champion at the time. And Michael Buffett introduced two people. I was sitting second row and there was a couple of empty seats in front of me and he, he brought out Sugar Ray Leonard and Sugar Ray Robinson and they sat in front of me. So, you know, when you're at 19, you get to shake the hands of the greatest of all time. It's a pretty special place, you know, pretty special memories. We've had some, we've had some crazy times here as well, some, some not so good times. It's certainly surrounding Mike Tyson at his, that little infamous part of his career when he was kind of running wild in Las Vegas. So, um, fan man, I mean, there's been lots, yeah. there's been you know, so many great fights. To, to paint the picture for you as well, Glenn McCrory is sat in a very smart jacket, nice little waistcoat, it's a kind of a tweedy effect. 
He's wearing a very smart pair of trousers. We're wearing it out. I've had them on for two days. Loafers. He's been wearing them for 14 days in a row, I think. No, the bags have turned two up, days. so you can change whenever you want now. I know, I, I will be changing, but I'm just kidding. I feel comfortable. Like I'm not surprised now. it's stuck to you. <laughs> I love the way it's become a party, I think, Claudia. He's got his own flight home. <laughs> I know, it was, a tough, it was tough getting here yesterday, 28 hours to get from it's Newcastle. Worth, it's all worth it, though, isn't it, Glenn? It's, Come on. You know what? It, I don't think anywhere else in the world would be, but coming to Vegas for a big fight—that's you know—that's been my life for for 40 years. So um, yeah, it's um, and I'm only I'm only 46. Exactly. <laughs> now you know, Glenn, you had a fine career, IBF cruiserweight world champion. We know about your story with Mike Tyson. You fought Lennox Lewis. You've been in with some fantastic. Tyson's a boxing fan, as we know. And he's been like that with you. You know, he makes a big fuss of you when he sees you. And, and again, he's, he's still a very unassuming guy in so many ways, really, when he's this big extrovert figure publicly. But you get the impression that... He's quite shy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, he has to, he has to, he has to. A lot of fighters are like that. You know, it's not natural to be in the, in the, in the public eye. And, you know, you've got to make a bit of an effort and you've got to learn how to, how to deal with it. And, you know, he's doing that, I think. He had a lot more trouble in his in the early days when you know he couldn't quite cope with that. And I think that had that that sort of started off with his mental problems and his depression because he was trying to please everybody. He we wanted everybody to like him, and you know you, you can't do that. You know, so many people are like it, so many won't. You know, it's just it's just the way it is. So it's him coming to terms with with who who he is. And the level of interest now is off the scale, isn't it, with social media and everything else. So you didn't have to deal with that element of it, but you, you, you would have had your fair attention. And obviously, you see it now, you're getting selfies all the time. And it is a different thing, isn't it, that you've got to come to terms with. And you are there for everyone. You've got to be there for everybody. You can't it be is. turning down and you have No, and you can't be telling people, no, I'm busy or anything like that. You've got to smile. And, you know, because you're, you're obviously pleased that people are taking the time to get a, to get a picture with you. So... Um, it's nice. It's a compliment, you know. So I think it's it's you know the the, the fans are who pay my wages. Just a word uh, about his dance partner as well, because he's, he's he's been full of praise really for Deontay Wilder, as Deontay has with Tyson. They've been very respectful because they appreciate each other yeah. for obvious reasons. Well, because they they're make, making each other. They're, well, they're making millions with each other. Yeah. And they they are perfect together, aren't they? Absolutely. I mean, Wilder. We know about Tyson. We talked about Tyson, but Wilder, what a star he is. Definitely. And, you know, and like Tyson, he's had his problems. So his daughter was born with spina bifida, yeah. sent him into a spiral. He was working, holding down jobs. He's had it tough himself. He appreciates the limelight now, and he appreciates yeah. the fame and success. And he's a fantastic character, isn't he? He is. And I mean, you know, you've got to really look at, at his record just to say, you know, you have to appreciate Deontay Wilder. You know, it's 41 knockouts and 42 and 42 wins. I mean, that is... That is going some. Having a knockout ratio like that—that that is a fearsome puncher, and that's so, what Tyson's got. Just over 15 stone as well. Do you know? And exactly, it's crazy, isn't it? Exactly. You know, he's a big skinny. He's a big skinny bloke, but he uses he uses that height and that leverage to really good effect. You know, and he's got a he's got a chilling right hand, and and that you know Tyson has to just watch out for that. That's that's going to be an ever-present danger, unless Tyson can get him out of there. I just want to bring in a slightly left field thing here now. I'm sure everybody's been looking at Tyson Fury. Today he was wearing a suit that was specifically made for him with you, Big Dosser, all over it, which could only be for Tyson Fury, clearly. But the fella that makes all Tyson's gear, and if you've seen the shirts that he wears as well, that all the heavyweight champions 
all patched all over, like a patchwork of them, all portraits and amazing shirts. We've just been given a couple, so I think, Glenn, we're going to have to wear these. I think we are, yeah. It's, it's the, the, the shirt that Fiori wears with all the heavyweight champions on. It's an incredible thing from Claudio Lugli. Well, we're in the right, we're in the right city to pull it off, aren't we? And I've got we some nice all, shoes. Like, some I've got, necessarily, I've got some we? nice shoes to go with them. I mean, we're here to call the fight impartially, obviously. But. Obviously, <laughs> and obviously, but it's got lots of heavyweight champions on, so I think um, you know it's a tribute uh, to Tyson. But it's got lots and lots of, um, of, of bare knuckle boxes, and it look it looks a splendid thing. And I think I might be trying mine on soon. But to segue to a serious point about our beautiful shirt, where does Deontay then, with that big right hand, sit with all these fellas? Because people saying, is he the hardest puncher that's ever? competed in a boxing ring I mean it seems like a crazy boast but as you well, alluded to the record I, I think his record just stands up for itself doesn't it you know Ernie Shavers was a was a tremendous puncher and you know Ernie Shavers managed to, to, to put Larry Holmes on the floor Muhammad Ali on the floor you know but they got they both got up to, to win so so you know he, he was a fearsome puncher but I think John, John Tewell without doubt is the is the, the hardest puncher in heavyweight history do you reckon, Nick? I mean, a two-part thing. Deontay, where does he actually sit? Because again, he gets a lot of people saying, "Well, he's not skilled. He's got a big right hand." This is a fellow that came into boxing after about a year in boxing. He was at the Olympics and he won a bronze medal. You've got to have a level of skill, not just an equaliser. So, where do you think he kind of sits in terms of skill ratings as well as the power? I think. Listen, the punch power st stands for itself. You know, statistically, you know, as Glenn's just pointed out, you can't argue with that. It doesn't matter who he's hitting. He's hitting people on the chin. He's putting them to sleep. He's putting them out. You know, it's hard to compare fighters from different eras just because would he have been? Would he have ever caught Ali? You know, would he have caught Foreman? I see. Interestingly, George Foreman went to social media this week and someone asked him directly, "How would you beat Deontay Wilder?" And he said, "I would try to avoid that right hand, but eventually he'd have hit me and he'd have knocked me out." George Foreman said that. So, you know. It, it is hard to cross over, it's hard to judge, but you know, we've seen in the first fight how Tyson, someone who was his skill and his ability, was able to win so many rounds so comfortably. And had the 12th round not played out the way it did, and it'd been another round just cruised through by Tyson Fury, then you know, we probably aren't even getting a rematch. Tyson's a WBC champion and we've all moved on and suddenly Deontay Wilder was just that one trick pony that nobody wants to face anymore. He's the guy nobody wants to face in the heavyweight division. But because of that knockdown in the 12th round, because of that narrative, because of that, wow, he really has got frightening power. That's why we're back here. These two are building a legacy alongside each other. Listen, if, if Deontay Wilder knocks out Tyson Fiore on Saturday night, then serious conversations are going to take place about where this guy ranks of all time, not just as the biggest puncher, but in terms of one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. You see Mel's face, oh my word, <laughs> don't Sorry, even Mel. suggest that, Sorry. for God's sake. Of course. Now, just forget all, forget the fight, forget the fight now. We're, we're, we're talking about the fight all the time. I want your flavour of Vegas, because people that maybe are still about to get on the plane might be listening to this. Yeah. So, now, I've got my own tiny idea about Vegas, but, you know, I hardly know the place that well. What, what are the, the Vegas tips for the punters coming over here? Um, if you want to get drunk for free, sit at a sports book bar, start playing poker, put $10 in, play poker, 25 cents a hand, and the barman keeps bringing you drinks so you, you don't have what? to pay for them. Scousers know all the tricks. Boom, there you go. Drunk right. for free in Vegas. You're welcome. There you are. Now, Mel, give us your assessment then now in terms of what it what it means for you for Tyson and what he has to do again because you were shaking your head then when Nick's saying Deontay knocks him out does this whatever 
I mean, it'd be catastrophic, I presume, from your own personal point of view, should that happen. Yeah. And how invested do you get? I mean, I know it's your profession and everything else, but how invested do you get in this whole thing? I'm very invested. I'm very passionate about it. You know, just like he's fighting in the ring, I'm fighting outside the ring. All his other PR reps, all his promoters, all his, you know, his whole entire team will be absolutely devastated. But this is boxing and we don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, we'll get the result on Saturday night. We don't know. We just have to pray that he does the job the fans get behind him, you know, and um, everything works out. So we could, it's his pride. He keeps saying about his, you know, his gypsy pride. That's his, another thing he said the other day. He was like, you know, my pride's on the line. That's why I feel like he's going to go all in. I, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm fully confident that he's going to do it. Where will you watch the fight, Mel? Will you be in the arena? Will you be in the dressing room? <laughs> why are you room? asking, Nick? Will be hiding behind Nick, some why fingers? do you need to know this information? Will you have a cushion in front of your <laughs> face? How about I'm not telling you? <laughs> Just a final one, genuinely. How much do you like Tyson Fury as a person? I think he's the most inspiring person that I've met in a very long time. But again, I want to know that, you know, when none of this nonsense is going on, yeah. how much do you like him as a person? I'm how nice you, is it? You know what I mean? He, I, I like him very much. Him, his wife, his family, I get on with all of them very, very well. I like him because he's giving back. And I think a lot of athletes and people in the public eye don't do this. And I'm very proud of how he's turned his life around and how he's come back and giving back. He is the most nicest person I've worked with. And there's so many video footage. Remember the one when I was walking back and my yeah, shoes yeah. were hurting? Yeah. He threw his shoes off and said to me, Mel, get your shoes off. I said, no, no, I can't do that. He said, listen, I'm the champion of the world. If I can do it, you can do it. Because he didn't want my feet to hurt on the way going up to the presser. And that, that just shows how much of a gentleman he is. Well, that's good to know. Now, final word, because there's only one world champion sat around this table, and it's not Ed, the producer. It's not Nick. It's not even you, Mel. It is Glenn McCrory. So, come on, Glenn. We've got the weigh-in tomorrow. We've got the fight on Saturday night. You're over it. Just a very quick kind of feeling that you have for it. You know, I, when the fight was first announced, I thought, you know, this it's, it's, it's a very, very tough fight for Tyson because of the power and because, you know, he was almost knocked out in their first fight. A lot of refs would have just waved that off without a count. So, you know, the referee did the right thing and give, a, give him a count. And amazingly, amazingly, he, he got up from that. So he's took Deontay Wilder's, Wilder's punches. He knows you know, he can get up. He knows it might hurt, but he, he can get up and do that. So I was, I was thinking I was thinking Wilder when the fight was first. But, but the more I've seen Tyson... Seen him on TV, seen him training, seen him doing what what he does, and, and, you're talking, him out. and talking to the <laughs> talking to the the camp, talking to his friends and his family. He's really up for this, you know. He's really, really up for this. And just little things. Like Paris said, you know, she's not staying with him. He knows the dangers, and he knows he's got to be on his very best form. And you know, I think he will be, and I think he'll he'll come out a winner on points. Well. We couldn't be giddier, I think that's fair to say. And we are in Vegas enjoying all the bills. I hope so, with the shirts we've got on. Oh, we're going to look sensational, Glenn. Wait till Adam sees them. He's not here. Wait till he sees these get, shirts. Get him a Wilder t-shirt or something. You know, <laughs> Balance it up. Exactly. Well, you've got to tune into TalkSport tomorrow because tomorrow evening we've got a fantastic build-up show again. We're broadcasting live at 10 o'clock. Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury weigh-in at the MGM Garden Arena. I've been to have a look at the setup. There's a stage that's set up just behind the ring with a few hundred seats as well. They're going to let the public in there. It's going to be crazy, a mental atmosphere as well. It will be reminiscent of the Ricky Hatton 
Floyd Mayweather days. There's that many Brits and Irish over for that. Now, of course, we're going to hear from Adam Catterall, Glenn McCrory, Nick Pete, Gareth A. Davis, David Hay, and about a million other people because everybody is here. We're going to grab everyone we can. It's going to be a fantastic show. And, of course, don't forget, we are bringing you a Fight Night podcast every single day of Fight Week. You can listen to that on Spotify, Apple, all the other usual stuff, Acast and all the rest. This is the Fight Night Daily Podcast. Thank you very much indeed. We'll have more of the same tomorrow. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.